Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business, presented by FL Montreal. My name is Dan Delmar, and joining me in for Mike Newton tonight is Euros Melikic. Euros, welcome. Your first time co-hosting on CJD. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Very excited. Thank you very much. So do you want to tell us about our guest tonight, Rock Thomas? And I almost feel bad because after over 10 years, we probably should have invited him on sooner. Um, came up through real estate here in Montreal and is now an internationally acclaimed motivational speaker and business coach. Just a really incredible story. Yeah, so I don't think I can say really uh, put it all in one sentence or, or a paragraph to, to, to do it justice for Rock. He's, I'm very excited to have him on as well. Um, you're absolutely right when you say we should have had him on sooner. He's uh, a, a man of, I guess, he wears different hats. He's got uh, many things going on, which I'm sure he's going to get into. Um, there's a cool video that he has on, well, one of the many videos that he has, this one is on the Goldcast channel. It's titled, How to Change the Way You See Yourself. Uh, so if you just YouTube that, you'll see it's the one with 7.2 million hits. So uh, this is a very inspiring one as well, and many others in there. Author, like you said, he, he's got some groups in there. Uh, networks that he set up and, and connects people together, real estate, uh, you name it. I'm super excited to have him on. So Rock Thomas, uh, a couple of his books are called The Power of Your Identity and Your Epic Life Blueprint. So he'll join us uh, for some inspirational talk on the program uh, in the next segment. So that's on the way soon. Also, later on, we'll talk to Peter Joseph Moretis, uh, tax partner at FL on new rent relief programs. Very important for businesses heading into the new year, as, uh, as it is tough to make rent sometimes if you have that retail space. So we'll get to that in a little while. And um, first, Eurosa, let's go through some news articles you wanted to chat about today. The, the first is the, the truth about teleworking and uh, Quebec's SMBs in Les Affaires. So now that we've been doing this for the better part of the year, what is it like in Quebec, um, the Quebec environment for telework? You know, our, our offices in downtown Montreal are, are not really being used to their full advantage. How is this grand experiment going for us? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's an interesting article. You really need to assess... Uh, what is realistic for the industry that you're in? I can talk from the industry that, that we're in being a professional services firm. And in fact, the article itself mentions that it's a lot easier for professional services firms. W one of the reasons why is as a CPA firm, FL Fuller Landau, uh, pre-pandemic, we did telework and not necessarily from home. But if you look at the mandates that we do at, at at clients' premises, that's a form of telework. You need to have the capabilities to not work from the, the office that might be downtown or where, wherever that is. So we have some experience there that's made it uh, a lot easier for us to transition in a pandemic where forcefully you couldn't have people show up at an office. So they had to work from home. Um, what we're looking at now is ma making things even easier and seamless for the team members with uh, you know, type of plug and play concepts. I think that's important where you don't have to have the team members uh, physically lugging hardware from one location to another. So those are things that you can iron out. Like I said before, it really, really depends on what industry you're in. If you take another example of an industry that it, that it could work very easily, a real estate agents, uh, they're very seldomly at their own office if they have one. They're usually on the, on the road meeting with clients, showcasing properties, so teleworking is what they've been doing all along. Uh, if you have a team, well, you need to just ensure that you communicate and have a central hub to fall back on, whether that's virtual or a physical space. Um, 
again, I really, I really, really feel that uh, the industry itself uh, makes a difference. You can't have a, a someone that's operating a, a garage um, do telework. So I think the article, when it was discussing these things, that one out of five small businesses in Quebec have been able to adopt some level of telework for their team. It's also because, I mean, not only the industries, but 70% of small businesses in Quebec have fewer than 10 employees. So, uh, you know, budgetary wise, there's, there's a lot of different variables in there. I think it goes without saying that attracting talent these days means being accommodating of these types of setups, uh, flexibility. ADP Canada study uh, shows that the majority of workers now want a position that allows them to have the flexibility uh, of where they can do their work uh, and when they can work as well. So you have to make it seamless for team members to do their job from wherever they are. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's a bad idea to also have a central hub office. I don't think that concept is completely lost. Yeah, it hasn't been bad for, for a lot of us in the media business either. Uh, I mean, we've been working remotely for, for many years now, and this podcast is, has been produced remotely all year long. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly a lot of adjustment for a lot of people. Um, this now, uh, speaking of remote work, a lot of emailing, and I try whenever possible to reduce the amount of email we send. Um, from Fast Company, stop sending these 10 unnecessary email responses, um, especially thanks or okay, you know, stuff like that is just wasting megabytes. Yeah, that's, uh, so the bandwidth is, is certainly one thing with, with the email exchanges. I mean, one or two emails is not going to tip anything over. Uh, but it ties in, this whole discussion ties into the, the, the first one we had a moment ago with the telework. Uh, you know, the less interaction that the team has at the office physically, it's inevitably going to increase the flow of, of other uh, means of communication, such as emails. You got to assess, do you need to send this email? You know, I try to look at it in a certain way, like if someone's passing me in the hallways, if I was physically there and they said hello, if I didn't respond to them and I and I waited to go sit down and then later on called them and told them, hey, you said hello to me 10 minutes ago or, or, or two hours ago. I'm saying hello now. I, I, I try and gauge it that way. And it really also depends on the role that you play, position that you have at the organization that you're in. Uh, for me, I can't afford to be the bottleneck of anything. So responsiveness is key for my role. I don't expect every role to have that same importance tack to email responses. And so you really need to assess what your role is within the organization and how it links with the work uh, of your fellow team members. You don't want to slow yourself down with emails, but also you don't want to slow your colleagues down by not responding to theirs. So it's a, it's a balancing act. And, and one more thing I'll add to that, Dan, is uh, it, it's easy. I, I mean, we shouldn't shy away. It's easy to send an email to throw something else in someone else's court and then you feel somewhat accomplished. But we shouldn't shy away to whether it's picking up the phone, I guess the old school way now because we have Zoom and we have Microsoft Teams. But those are all fantastic tools that I think it's it's sort of alleviating the pressure to some extent on emails. Of course, if you need something documented, emails is the way to go. Um, but but these other tools like Zoom and Teams are, are, are fantastic. 
Dan Delmar and Neros Melikic with you tonight. Neros isn't for Mike. Uh, Mike returns next week for our season finale. We'll be talking with an executive from the Columbus Blue Jackets. That'll be a lot of fun, so do stay tuned for that. Uh, but in the meantime, Neros, let's introduce our guest. And I do want to apologize because we probably should have profiled him uh, long ago here on the show. Um, came up in Montreal real estate. He had uh, six Remax franchises, over 250 salespeople. Um, it got became this this real estate mogul. Went around the world, um, inspiring business owners. Wrote books, including "The Power of Your Identity" and "Your Epic Life Blueprint." Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Rock Thomas to today's Entrepreneur. Welcome, Rock. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. And Euros, uh, you've been working with Rock for, for quite some time. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about why you wanted to speak to him on the show today. Yeah, just fine. I mean, Rock is, is certainly a um, larger than life kind of character. And uh, I, I really appreciate him. And I thought it'd be a great idea to have him on and tell us a little bit about his story, his background. He's uh, pivoted in, in different industries. And so I think it's very, very, very relevant in, in uh, today's entrepreneur uh, overall. And I'm sure he can inspire many, many other people that are listening to the show right now. So, Rock, uh, I'd like to ask you, maybe you can tell us how this all started for you. Well, you know, people ask me what was my first entrepreneurial experience. And I grew up on a farm and I was looking for a way to make extra money because my brother used to tease me with his cool little motorcycle when, he, when I was 12 and he was 14. And he would never let me ride it, though. He'd let me rev the, the throttle, and then he'd push me off and take off on it. So I had this hunger to become an entrepreneur. And my mother, my stepmother, would teach children that came out from the West Island out to Rigo, where we lived, uh, how to ride. And all the parents would hang around leaning against the fence. So I asked my, my dad if I could borrow his coffee machine and a little toaster. And I made hot dogs and coffee at the age of 12. And I sold it to the parents that were waiting there and I started to make my money. And, and that's, I think, when the entrepreneurial spirit was born. Yeah, that's um, so, so how so it was born that way. And what was the first the first endeavor that you that you started and were some difficulties you had in that in that first mm -hmm. one? Because as we all know, nothing is a success right off the bat. Well, this is a short show, so I'm going to I'll mention a few at the age of 23. I borrowed 20 grand from my mother and bankrupt the restaurant on St. Charles Boulevard. Uh, it was called the Bistro Express. It was ahead of its time, imagine, um, you know, a, a Van Hoot, something like that with a cappuccino bar. But people weren't really in 1986 loving that kind of thing. So I got into the airlines after that and I was really hungry to make um, some money quickly. I moved to Quebec City, I had to learn how to speak French. I stayed in the basement of somebody's house uh, while I worked in the airlines as a flight attendant, parked cars at the Hotel de Gouverneur uh, at nighttime, and I bought a home on a $2,000 loan from, a, from my credit card, took a balance of sale, bought a house for $262,500 that had four people renting rooms in it, and I moved into the one remaining room, and I took the excess money and was able to quickly pay back my mother, and then I moved back to Roxborough and I bought a house and I turned it into a senior citizen home. My ex-wife still runs it today. It's called Evergreen Place. It's got nine residents in it. Um, and then I shortly after that got into real estate. I was really bad at real estate. I sold one home in my first year and then I got a mentor. And that's when my journey of personal development really accelerated because I realized that 
You know, we don't know what we don't know for the greater, greater part. And certainly when I come into your office, Euros, I, re I realize there's a lot I don't know about accounting that you know, which is, you know, why I hired you and you're brilliant. But imagine in the entrepreneurial world, there's so much we don't know. So when he mentored me, I went from one sale to 100 sales in four years. The average realtor sells six homes a year. Uh, I broke all the records, then I bought his company. He mentored me all the way along. And he was, by the way, a CPA. So that's what I do today is I find people that want to grab life big, that want to, um, you know, are coachable and curious. And if there are those two things, I can help them become the next millionaire next door. Yeah, that's, again, it's, it's really important to, to be able to, to realize that there's risk involved with anything that you're going to do that's worth it, right? So it's just a matter of not giving up. And we can see in, in what you mentioned, you know, you started off from very, very humble beginnings and you are where you are today because you didn't quit, you didn't give up. So I think that's uh, extremely important. That mentor that you found, Rock, uh, you, you found this person in your dealings in real estate. H how did you go about finding the mentor? Well, you know, I own two Keller Williams right now, and we're always recruiting. We're always looking for talented salespeople to add to our team. So he happened to work for the competition. And so they found me. They saw my effort. They saw the listings I had. And they're like, okay, there's a go-getter. Um, and they, you know, they polished me. I was a diamond in the rough. And they just kind of gave me some guidance and some coaching and some feedback. And I was very willing. He said, Rock, if you do exactly what I say for six months and don't question it, we can, we can take six years and turn it into six months. We can take decades and turn it into days. You just have to have some blind faith. And this is the biggest thing I find with working with entrepreneurs is in life, if you do what is difficult, life will be easy. If you do what is easy, life will be difficult. And the entrepreneur is always looking for the easy way and the shortcut and the hack. But life is not happening overnight. It happens over time. So I just had faith and I followed the path and I was able to really compress uh, time and shorten it. And then I went on to teach the people in my office how to do the same thing and success skyrocketed. So it's just fun to work with people that, that are coachable and curious. What, uh, Rock, so what does your typical day look like now? Well, first thing I do is I get up and I take the dog for a walk and I go to yoga at 5.30. I'm typically up at 4.30. And I'm typically in bed by 9.30. So it's not your average kind of routine, but I have a saying is nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. So um, it's it's better that I get in bed and uh, and do the right thing. Then Delmar and Euros Melikech with you tonight. Euros is in for Mike, and Mike returns next week for our season finale. Uh, we'll be talking with an executive from the Columbus Blue Jackets all about the, the hockey business that's, uh, that's coming up to, uh, next week um, for the last show of the year. And today we're speaking with Rock Thomas of Rock Thomas International. Went from humble beginnings here in Montreal, uh, real estate, um, eventually becoming a motivational speaker and author and business consultant. Um, Rock, it's a really interesting journey. And throughout, you mentioned you know, your various uh, experiences owning a senior's home. I mean, so many different kinds of businesses. Can you tell us about the, the, the most transferable skills as an entrepreneur and what would your advice be for those who are um, looking to get into different businesses? Yeah, great question, Dan. I mean, I divide uh, the, the asset classes into three, real estate, stocks, and businesses. And the skill set's different for each one. 
in real estate, you need to be good with people. You need to be good at uh, getting banks and institutions to lend you money as an investor, for instance. You need to have to source deals. So there's a particular skill set that goes with that. Uh, investing in the stock market is a particular skill set as well. I lost a million dollars back in 1997 after I sold the business. I took a million, put it in the market, turned it into 2.8, and then got greedy and lost it all. So hopefully I've learned from that. This is my best year in the stock market and um, you roll all those skills in. And then as far as business is concerned, I own a couple of franchises and I have over 42 streams of income. And that comes from dealing with the power of leverage when it comes to systems and people. So it really depends on what resonates. The people I work with, we try to establish what is their tendency or what is their probability of having success in those three areas. And we coach them through that and then we help them march toward their millions. But definitely for sure, I would say that across the board, you've got to learn how to add value. And you add value before you get paid for it. I've opened many companies where I've worked for different people for six months for free, just solving their problems, just showing up early, staying late, asking them what else I could do, bringing them coffee. Uh, picking up their car, cleaning their car, whatever the case may be, or more involved things like recruiting and building their businesses until they hire me as their CEO. I think what people do is they're like, well, you know what, pay me more and uh, I'll work harder. It doesn't work that way, right? In, in college, you can cheat on your exams, you can skip classes and you can fake it through. In the real world, it's based on the problems you solve, the value you add. Elon Musk solves a lot of problems in the world. And he gets paid very well to do it, but he doesn't focus on the money. He's passionate about solving problems. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be excited about solving problems. You have to pay attention, look around, pick stuff up off the ground, serve people, show up and show up after you show up. You can't just show up and sit in the class. You show up and sit in the class and you ask questions and you bring the teacher an apple and you stay after and ask some more questions. Right? It comes from this inner desire to live fully and to serve at a higher level. Can you tell us, Rock, about the, the group that you have, the M1 group, and what that's, uh, that's about and how you help people there? Because that's one of the, the things that you do, one of the many things that you do. I mean, I think we've all heard that you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend time with. Um, you know, if, if, you spend, uh, if nine of your friends are broke, you'll be the tenth. If six of your friends are out of shape, you'll be the seventh. If five of your friends swear, you'll be the sixth. It's human nature to connect. So I created a community of people that want to grab life big and that primarily focus in three areas, how to build your wealth through cash flowing assets so you don't have to work, how to be better with your energy levels, your health and vitality, and how to be a better communicator so that you can have great relationships because that's ultimately the happiest people have great relationships. So for instance, there's three different styles for apologizing. They all land differently. So if you don't know that language of apology or the five love languages, your relationships will not be as rich as they could be. So we go deep into those different pillars and we start helping people get the education that isn't high school or university, but it's life skills. It's going to help you be more fulfilled. It's going to help you have more time freedom. And it's going to help you be surrounded by the other type of people that are doing it, which gives you permission to do it as well. What's the next goal, Rock? You've done a lot 
clearly in, in a lot of different areas. Um, is there something that you haven't done yet you're looking to do? Uh, I, I'm not as good at meditating as I'd like to be. <laughs> so I do yoga. It's a moving meditation. I think the next phase of my life is a spiritual phase. But at the same time, I really think that, you know, I've helped 65 people become what we call whole life millionaires. And I've helped people lose weight. I don't know if you saw in the news recently, um, a young man with muscular dystrophy that ran an Ironman. It was all over the news. Well, the gentleman who shepherded him is a guy I coached down from 320 pounds down to 210 and helped him start running Ironman and helped him become a multimillionaire. So the ripple effect that I get to have by working with one person and making them a better human being in those different areas now has a cascade on the people around him. He's a better father. He's a better coach. He's a better person. He's the number one spokesperson now for muscular dystrophy. He's, he's got ESPN all over him. That would have never happened as I'm gonna gladly take the credit here if he hadn't come across me and we hadn't had a chance to interface and decide what was the thing that we wanted to build. I spent two weeks with him on a trip in Vietnam. So my next, the next iteration is come across people who are hungry and curious and turn them into the best version of themselves after the 30 years of personal development that I've done. I'm kind of like the Google of personal development. You're gonna to have to decide which books to read. I'm gonna, I've compressed them all and put them into a one-year curriculum. And if you trust me, I will march you and I will turn decades into days. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, these days to, it's easy to give up. It's, it's easy to, the, the circumstances are, are sort of made so that you're, uh, it's a lot easier to just say, like I, you, you have a video actually, a recent one where if, if you don't move and, and you stay sort of sleeping, uh, then you're not going to go anywhere. You, you got to, if someone asks you to do something, you got to get up, you got to be energetic. Uh, so I definitely appreciate that. And I agree with you. I mean, the, uh, the first thing that I do when I get up is a selfish thing. It's uh, I exercise. I think the people that know me know that about me. If I have to wake up at four to do it, I will. Um, but you I you wake your wife, wife up at the same time and exercise. <laughs> sure. You're going to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> but but essentially, I, I'll find the time. I think it's an easy excuse to say that you don't have time for something. If you really want to do something, you'll find the time. So uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Rock, and I'm super happy to have you uh, on the show. Say yes and figure it out later is one of our mantras in the tribe. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Elon Musk has 24 hours in the day and so do you and I. So decide, stop pointing a finger and instead raise the bar. I got up at six this morning, guys. I'm feeling like a slacker here. Um, <laughs> uh, Rock, you're going to hang on. We need your one. I know it's hard to condense, but we, we need your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur that is on the way. And coming up next, our expert for the show tonight, we're going to talk to uh, PJ Moretis, and he's going to talk about uh, the new rent relief program coming. Very important for entrepreneurs in the new year and the extension of the payroll subsidy into June as well. So that's all in the way. Dan Delmar and Euros Melikech with you tonight. Uh, he is in for Mike Newton. Mike is back next. Next week for our season finale, we talk to an executive at the Columbus Blue Jackets. So do stay tuned for that. Um, Rock Thomas joins us. So we'll have Rock's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur coming up in a moment. But first, our expert for this evening is Peter Joseph Moretis, tax partner at FL. Welcome back, PJ. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, what better uh, motivational uh, follow-up topic to Rock than more subsidies announced? Um, 
But I think let's start with, the, with, with rent relief uh, first, I think. So, so rent relief is, is the big one for those that have some retail space. Uh, what is on the way for the new year? Correct. Um, so uh, the finance has kind of announced now a new subsidy. It's, uh, it's, it's online now. It's been a week since last Monday. Um, it's meant to replace an old uh, rent subsidy that was actually uh, administered through the landlords themselves, which um, from an administrative point of view, it took a lot of hassle. There was uh, reductions required and certifications of how much the actual tenant uh, lost in terms of revenues. Whereas now they've kind of made it seamless. It's gonna be uh, online with a lot of the same rules that are already applicable for the wage subsidy um, in terms of definitions and who is eligible. Um, some of the kind of like highlights that, I would, that, that I'd want to talk about is that um, it's no longer uh, excluded to, very, to larger companies. So one of, the, one of the restrictions before was larger companies wouldn't be uh, available. Um, they've also uh, implemented a kind of a top-up subsidy for those that were forced by the lockdown um, where they would get an automatic 20, uh, 25% subsidy based on some of their costs. Um, so the way it works is if you were really uh, considerably impacted, so you had a, a revenue loss of over 70%, you would be eligible for 65% of a subsidy. And it's kind of like on a sliding scale for anything lower than 70%. And actually anybody who's had, had a revenue loss will now be eligible to get a credit. Um, one of the other main differences is no longer for actual renters. So if you're uh, an owner of your, of your property within your operating business, you can actually uh, claim a subsidy on your kind of um, property uh, costs, so property taxes, insurance, and uh, interest on a mortgage. Um, they've kind of uh, also kind of considered that a lot of places that were shutdowns are maybe restaurants or other retail locations where there's a lot of uh, different properties. So they've set kind of limits. So as much as everybody is eligible, or a lot more people are eligible, they've set limits of the total cost they can claim per uh, property or, or um, globally total. So each, each property is around 75,000 of a credit and on a combined basis of 300. The next, uh, we also have to get to the payroll subsidy relief, which has been extended into June. Correct. So um, here they haven't kind of announced a lot of the details yet, because I think just like uh, any other um, governmental measures, uh, they're kind of going on a on a month by month basis almost. So they've they've extended it till June 2021, and um, and the rules are set for for the for the for the amount of the subsidies until December. So we as as the pandemic progresses um, and and the impact on businesses, we'll see what the rates will be for the other periods. Um, but uh, so far. Um, it, it's uh, 65% is the maximum rate. Um, and they have announced that they're looking to kind of increase um, certain subsidies for like the, the, the industries that were really impacted, um, like tourism or, uh, or hospitality. Peter Joseph Moretis, tax partner at FL. Thanks so much, Peter. Thanks for having me on. And lastly, Euros, uh, thank you for co-hosting this evening, your first episode co-hosting. How, how did it feel? It felt fantastic, and I, I would be more than happy to join you again. And thanks a lot for having me, Dan. Of course, and we'll have you back Rob in the new year. Us and, 
And and why don't you tee up um, our, our last question to Rocky Rose? Go ahead. So, Rock, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Um, you know, I think a lot of people want good news only. They want things to go their way. And my advice is that there's no winning and learn losing. There's winning and learning. And when you accept that you win all the time because we are meant to learn, then you don't resist what the world is giving you as feedback. You can welcome it. You can embrace it. You pivot, you move forward. This has been the best year of my life in COVID for all my businesses combined uh, because I look at it as feedback and I take the information and make a new decision. Just like a pilot in a plane, he doesn't get upset there's a crosswind, he just adjusts and he pivots with it. So I think embrace what comes at you, use what's there like MacGyver would, duct tape and a paper clip make it work, say yes to the challenges, solve problems, over-deliver, grab life big, and go get it. Awesome. Rock, uh, that, that's a jolt of caffeine for a Monday evening and uh, winning and learning. I think we should all go get that tattooed, guys. I like that one a lot. Um, Rock Thomas International, thank you so much, sir. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. We'll be back next week with Mike Newton and our season finale with an executive from the Columbus Blue Jackets Pro Sports on Today's Entrepreneur. And don't forget, of course, a decade worth of entrepreneur uh, stories at todaysentrepreneur.org. We'll see you back here next week. Good night. This has been a production of TNKR Media.